0: Hello and welcome to Just Fucking Win, the preview show on Saturday at 3. My name's Andrew Anson, stepping in for Chris Bet, who's, uh, you know, just taking it easy on a nice holiday at the moment. And I'm joined by my very favourite co-host, uh, Mr. Dave Kerr. How are you doing, man?
1: Yeah, I'm all good, mate. Thank you. How are you? Glad to hear you. you're on the mend.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um I, I could say uh, now after having finally caught COVID um, after managing to dodge it for nearly three years, I wouldn't recommend it. It's not great. It's not, you know, not been a fun time. So, um, but yeah, I, I feel uh, healthier-ish back on the mend. So um, yeah, we'll uh, we'll see how we go today. Uh, it's just the two of us today. Um, oddly enough, no one else wants to talk about uh, our upcoming game against Aberdeen. I can't think why, because uh, it's a rare joy, as always. Yeah. Um, but we're just going to kick about a couple of points, uh, do our best to preview the game for you guys and uh, see where we're at um, coming into this one. Um, so just to start up, we'll uh, have a look at what we've done so far in the transfer window. Right. Nothing. OK, cool. <laughs> Dave, I mean, um, I think we, we'd uh, we'd obviously talked in various pods, you know, Prior to the January window kicking off, um, are you surprised by the lack of activity uh, from Rangers, or you know is it you know just fulfilling what you cynically expected to happen?
1: It's gone. Um, nah, I'm not surprised we haven't moved quickly in the window. I, I didn't see us doing it anyway. I don't think the appetite was there anyway. But I think the fact bills come in, there was much made of we'll look at the squad first and see what's there, kind of gave me the head we weren't going to do anything has has been well covered. You know, I think the trust this board. I don't think anyone on this squad does to get it right. Some of the rumours flying about seem concrete enough, so I wouldn't be surprised to see us do something before the end of the window. But I mean, it's not like we don't have two season defining games coming up in the next sort of ten days. So, you know, it'd be nice to have bodies in ahead of Aberdeen and then the the Scottish Cup game as well.
0: Yeah, for sure. I think you know, looking at where we sit right now, uh, Beal has said he does want two or three bodies in, um, going off of what he said um, in kind of post-match press conferences and just in the presses in general. Um, but yeah, there's, there's, there certainly seems to be a lack of um, lack of enthusiasm to get them in quickly as possible. You know, I think when we were looking at the squads, I think. If the squad is all fully fit, motivated, and looking great, then yeah, we've probably got a fairly decent squad, but we haven't had a fully fit squad, I don't know, ever <laughs> that I can remember. So, you know, we're uh, we're in a position where I think there are certainly key areas of the uh, squad that desperately need reinforced. Um, just to timestamp ourselves, we're recording this the evening of the 11th uh, on the Wednesday, so we're... Should hopefully have this up um, first thing on the 12th. That should be when you're listening to this. But, uh, you know, it would be exactly like Rangers to surprise us and, you know, instantly put our uh, podcast out of date. So we'll see how well, we yeah. go. But, you know, just, just an
1: announcement. Yeah, exactly, announcement. Yeah, exactly. Um,
0: yeah. On a Wednesday see, evening.
1: <laughs> on, on that note, right? This, people see all oh, the these people coming back. I still think, even if we were to get everyone back, if you'd wear a magic remote back, I still think the squad's quite unbalanced. Yeah. I still think we don't we'll get everybody back. Ruth, Cholak, Shooter, Hlander, all the ones I've forgotten about because I've not seen them for two years. <laughs> um, we still lack decent box-to-box midfielder. We still lack a right winger. We still hmm. lack, probably, a striker. Uh, the, the, the squad, the type of midfielder's a lot particular. We could do it a bit more. Bred to talent in there I still think would be unbalanced I think The squad still needs work So if, if the hope is That we get everyone back And they will be fit and firing We're only going to play One Cholak and Morelos At any given time Realistically yeah. Maybe Roof The other one we we'll have only got space for two. We have dropped two points Because of the quality of them But for the vast centre-halves one of them At least a spectator So getting Suddenly getting Suter and Herlander back For instance Doesn't greatly improve The overall Picture of the squad for me No I think
0: The, the key ones for me Are probably Lawrence and Hadji uh, in terms of adding to our attacking play and you know that's strengthening strengthening the, the midfield goal. right that's the but, forgot <laughs> <laughs> but even at that right you know th- those are probably our more attacking midfielders we're looking at you know more central midfielders Stephen Davis unfortunately probably isn't going to be back for us again um it, it almost feels unlikely we'll see him in a ranger shirt again um at this kind of stage of his career and then beyond that you know we've still got Jack and Kamara and then Lundstrom as basically our, our choices for midfield. I think it's it's unlikely that James Sands, after especially after his performance in the Old Firm, is uh, is going to be back into the squad anytime soon. Um, and the man the over four as well is obviously long term sick, and uh, again probably put him in the Stephen Davis camp of feels unlikely we'll see him in a shirt. You know. Um, so yeah, I mean, that, that that's, that's the, probably the key for me, like a central midfielder, you know, in terms of the right wing position, we've got fashion to color, Dave, so, you know, well, <laughs>
1: that fastened around
0: mm-hmm. but unfortunately, we know that he's Mr. Inconsistency, you know, <laughs> even in the course of five minutes within a game, uh, let alone from, uh, from game to game, so yeah, it, it, it would be nice to say that we could definitely rely on them but i think uh, i think that might be a bit premature at this stage um so obviously we're going to be going up against Aberdeen this sunday uh boo uh we should know our opponents uh prior to that game uh celtic take on Kilmarnock in the game on saturday just prior to that so we'll know who we're going to be up against feels unlikely that it'll be killy but you never know it is a cup semi final so You know, all all that's really left is, you know, what kind of form are we coming into this um, game with? Uh, Rangers, obviously, five wins and then a draw under Beal so far. Um, Aberdeen, the last five games, they've lost three of them, drawn one and then won one. So they've got an uptick in form just as they're coming into the cup game, which feels fairly typical. Um, But yeah, I mean, it's Aberdeen. Dave, are you worried about them or are you more worried about what we might do ourselves?
1: Um, yep, that's it. I'm worried about us. <clears throat> I'm worried about our throat mentality in these types of games, our ability to produce the best version of ours ourselves in these games when the chips are down. I'm worried about our sort of enthusiasm to get involved and in being want to play rather than impose their own game, and the kind of underpinning mental fragility. Most of this is just the scar tissue of this movie before, like the famous Sadiq semi final. Same stage of the same competition but That's an upsetting blast From the past there Dave Thank you for that It uh, used to be You'd go to Hamden With Rangers Pretty much Overwhelmingly confident Of a win I think it, I didn't see us lose At Hamden Probably until 2004 I think And I started going To see Rangers in 88 I could be misremembering that But uh, Obviously it was in the United That we lost But I wasn't at that one used to be That it was quite dependable You knew Rangers Were going to go to Hamden And win Since the banter years It's obviously Actors changing a bit uh, On paper As you say Aberdeen's terrible We were bad before we, And somehow Managed to get worse <laughs> As a result Of the kind of Emotional trauma So deliciously Inflicted on them It's really made My Christmas uh, And it should be Fairly straightforward They've got a wee bit Of quality The guy do, It's got a wee bit Of quality But we should be able To handle that Really We should be seeing Nothing other than Rangers now unbeaten in six mm-hmm. Under Bale Five wins it should be Fairly straightforward as, as I'm sure
0: it will be the day before, as you said. Yeah, for sure. I think, you know, it, it's more about what we can do to fuck it up for ourselves, right? Um, especially now that we've actually got a centre-back pairing that looks solid. Um, I think Golden and um, Davies' record together has been pretty exceptional, really. Um, it, it's been really good to see how well they, those two are working together. And just, you know, knocking on wood that they can both stay fit and healthy uh, all the way through to the end of the season. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like like you, I'm I'm in a camp where I'm not overly worried about what Aberdeen can do to us. I think it's more about us making sure that we can impose our game on them, and then doing the business ourselves. Um, it'd be nice to see what we can do um, in a cup game under Beal. Um, this is going to be his first one, uh, so it'll be interesting to see how he approaches it in comparison to say Geo or or to Gerard did. Um, Gerard, you know had an issue getting past even the quarterfinal of uh, Cups, let alone the semifinals. So um, hopefully he's been improvement on that. Whereas Gio, I think, was more effective for us in Cup competitions um, than he was, you know, just in league play. Um, you know, obviously he's run the Europa and then um, winning the Scottish Cup as well. Uh, I think he, he had a tendency to overthink games, uh, which probably pays off quite well in Cup games where everyone's overthinking it. Um, unlike the league games where it's just, let's just focus and, and see where we go. Um, I'm not going to predict, you know, or ask you to predict the result here, Dave, because I'm hopeful you're going to be predicting a win for Rangers. But I, I wanted to have a look at our potential team lineups instead. Um, obviously in the game, just gone, Charlotte came off at half Um I don't think it was... He wasn't overly effective in that first half, but then I don't think any of our players particularly were. Uh, and Beal confirmed after the um, after the game that it was down to a, a bit of a thigh strain. So he's probably got a question mark over him as things stand
1: right now. Um, what, what's what's your lineup for this game, Dave? So as you said, the back four. Most <clears throat> the only question mark really is over the keeper situation. Is McLaughlin in now for good, or was that just a wee one off? We'll wait and see. But the back four picks itself have Davies and Goldson. That seems as good a back four as any we have had in the last four years. Back and threat, coming back from the wide areas. As you say, Davies and Goldson, <coughs> excellent pros experience, read the game, do their jobs. Big fan of both individually, big fan of the pairing. Um, the midfield, it's going to be a trowsy game, so I imagine it will be Jack and Lindstrom, <coughs> probably. For me, the wide areas will be Kent, Kala. So, has played, played his way into a certain start. Mm-hmm. At other times, he's played his way out of ever being selected for a professional football match ever again. Yeah, and,
0: as as you said, sometimes in the course of about five minutes, you know.
1: Yes. <laughs> uh, put some stuff out in twirls of the week. I've got him in a i have a good laugh Because at points He was like a guy Trying to stamp on a crisp pack And high wind control ball <laughs> And then he produces A piece of brilliance That would be the envy Of any Rangers player I've ever seen The guy But If you look at his actual stats He's off the charts In terms of his effectiveness mm-hmm. And even though He looks messy He's he's a constant threat He's a constant danger And even though He's chasing the ball About like a puppy Chasing It's own tail he, He's in the box He's harming them He's giving them Something to think about So for me, maybe if you've got a real tidy free-flowing total football team, to Sakala doesn't get in it, but where, you're, where we are, we're yeah. finding a again, and you need an out-ball, you need a bit of chaos, you need a bit of unpredictability. Fashion starts when you can't start in the middle. It'll be Manilas, I'm almost certain. The roof's not there yet, Cholak's injured. Mm-hmm. So that leaves the question mark of who plays in the number 10 position. With it being a Tausie game, does he go for Arfield? Does he go for Tamara to try and control play? I don't mm. think so. Or does he play Tillman and hope the big pitch, the occasion space that will be afforded to him, let uh, lets Tillman work his magic on a on a bigger stage? So for me, Jacqueline's trio yeah Kency Garrett, I quite like the fact that now one of the noticeable things seals come in is there is four clear attackers. Yeah. There's no there's no sort of split there. He's he's went for attacking lineups, he's given us that extra body in the final third. That's yeah. quite clear.
0: And, and also Ken. Is certainly seems invigorated under this manager as well. You know, he's playing the handbrake off. Um, you know, he's not stuck out in the wing. He's you know getting involved and in, in making stuff happen, um, which has been fantastic to see. Zikar, uh, as we mentioned, obviously is is doing the business as well. I, I think I agree with you, Dave. I, I, I'm not overly sure there'll be a massive change from the Dundee the United game. Uh, be interesting to see if McLaughlin stays in there um, or if he. Hops back to McGregor. He might even really throw us a curveball and go with McCrory for a cup game. You know that'd be mm. fucking wild.
1: <laughs> McCrory did McCrory play the last cup game? No, I don't think he did.
0: No, no, uh, that would that would be out of left field. Um, yeah. But you know, I'd love to have a fully fit and fantastic top form Alan McGregor, but I don't think that exists anymore now. So oh. I-, I think you know you're you're picking damage limitation really when you come to our keepers because I don't think. Any of them are perfect. Um, they're both, they're they're all kind of effective in different ways, um, depending on what you're trying to achieve. Um, McGregor's going to be pretty good at shot stopping, but he's never ever going to leave his line. McLaughlin is going to come off his line, but then shot stopping isn't as effective there. Um, but then you know it, it's a coin flip as far as I'm concerned. Um, hopefully, our defence is doing the job. They're not going to have to be too busy in any event. So. We'll see how that goes. Um, in terms of Arfield, I, I think he's more effective coming off as a sub. I don't really like seeing Arfield starting um, because I don't think he's as effective um, coming in from the start. Um, I think he's amazing coming off the bench. You know, I, He'd always be in my squad, I think, because him coming off the bench always produces a bit of magic. He's not a player who needs to take time to warm up into the game. I think he comes off the bench and he has an impact, so... He'd definitely yep. be there for me, um, but uh, a question mark around some of the other bench options. Has Alex Lowry done enough um, for the B team to earn a place in the starting lineup? Scored a hat trick the other night, admittedly against Dalbiti Star, so you know, not exactly the <laughs> highest level of opposition. But has he done enough to earn himself a slot on the bench?
1: you would like to think so. I'm a big fan of Alex Lowry respects, and I'd like to see him in the team a wee bit more. The question marks that you hear and again it's probably that well, is to it, a rumour whether it's unfounded or not don't know it's more of an attitude thing he's not been in the picture really under Beal who said before in the pod there's a tradition among Rangers managers who the guy you think will thrive under them is the guy they bomb out first back to Nnamuchi under Le Guin and Camara under Gio maybe Lowry's a bit of that if Cantwell comes in it's rumoured he seems to be very Lowry-esque from what I can see so I don't know What's going on there? I, I hope he is involved. though because he's got a bit of magic, but I don't know if he's imposed himself enough on bigger teams yet to merit a start or a, re- or a role in this. And what I mean by a role, Beal actually seems to set up these subs, not necessarily pre-planned, but he seems to set up with, if the game's going this way, I'm going to do this. If the game's going that way, I'm going to do that. And he can be quite reactive. So he's, we think of it in terms of starting 11. I think Bill thinks in terms of, here's my tour that I'm going to deploy through the game almost, like American mm-hmm. football kind of, right, if we're chase the game I'll bring on so-and-so if we're leading I'll bring on so-and-so and do it at different stages just generally and Bailey, substitutions have really encouraged me that it's brought up, they've all broke the mould in terms of timings number of them coming on Who's come on? The kind of war button-esque subs under geo it was like for like for like already.
0: Yeah, I think it, it was something we heard under Gerard as well, you know, where, where they talk about the eighteen and then the nineteen, you know, yeah. that the guy didn't quite make it in terms of that full squads. You know, it was always the squads, not just, you know, you're starting eleven. And some of that's just to encourage your players. But th- there is a there is a point to that as well. Um, and I completely agree. He's um he's obviously been very effective at, at some of his subs, you know. Yeah, just look at the impact that Arfield had um <laughs> just a couple of weeks ago. Uh exactly. in, in terms of how effective some of his subs can be. So so yeah, I mean Lowry's an interesting one because obviously I think common consensus is he's far too good for the fifth division, right? But is he good yeah. enough to to be, you know, making an impact at the premiership? I, I, I think it's still jury's out on that one, but we'll have to see what happens. Um yeah. I think In terms of looking forward to the Aberdeen game, there's not a lot more in terms of the on-pitch stuff that we can talk about. But I think it's only right that we talk about the biggest controversy, the conspiracy that goes to the very core of Scottish football, and that's uh, how VAR is now bad, actually, uh, because it did nice things to Rangers, apparently. Um, we've We've had... You know, what What has felt like an unending campaign against uh, the handball rule, uh, how VAR is deployed, how referees don't actually referee the game anymore. I've kind of lost track of where the arguments are at the moment. Um, but I think common consensus is those hung bastards are getting away with something and I don't like it. So I can only imagine what would have happened if we'd actually won the old firm game as opposed to just getting the draw. Um, Dave, what's what's been your take on the VAR controversy?
1: Absolutely, total and complete, utter, unsurprised, not one bit <laughs> surprised. I mean, I, I'm on record on Twitter and in other places and said this, that Celtic were pretty much dead against VAR from the echo, they were dead against the review of Scotland, they were dead against VAR. We might want to edit this, we both might want to edit this, because this might end up in one of these meltdown-style Twitter accounts, right? But they, they set us all it like pretty elsewhere. Uh, what Celtic are really good at doing is using the media for manipulation purposes. It's never a surprise to me when negative Rangers stories appear. The most, un- the other most strict liabilities result in points deductions. And it's the same faces who part the same thread. We know who they are. Same four or are tangentially connected to Celtic players say, uh, We should bring in strict liability. The minute Rangers goes to a title, that argument was knocked out by Covid because we were nearly done so we couldn't say anything they didn't like. Same thing's happening with our Celtic. One situation where they are flat track bullies every opportunities like we guys playing FIFA on easy mode they just want to win everything smash in goals no competition they'd be happy enough if this was the equivalent of the kind of Faroe Island League or the Icelandic League and they won it every year I mean that's, that, that's that's
0: that's that's always been my kind of questioning around this right you know this this vast overreaching conspiracy that's that uh, you know keep Rangers promoted above all else and to keep them downtrodden and oppressed like can we have a turn at being the ones who are downtrodden and oppressed? Because, you know, it seems to be working out <laughs> OK for them at the moment so far. You know, we've managed to pick up a league title and a, and a cup. That's it. Like, what, what do you yeah. think?
1: Like, where's our advice, you know? Um, it, it's wild. It's absolutely wild. Exactly. And you've got Clancy's performance part care won 1-2-1 and penalties and ball goals. You could point to any number of decisions that have gone against Rangers and there's been no bleating a bit far. <clears throat> but as you said at the start, of all the associations all the clubs and all the international teams And all the levels There is one club Who are agitating against What is now After a significant teething stage I would say VAR wasn't big still is it? No. it took a year or two And now people have kind of Got on board with it. it It's pretty much universally accepted And I think if you were to pick 10 random factors across Europe Go do you like VAR They would we go well Do you know what on balance I get the things my team deserve And we don't get the things we don't deserve So on balance Most fans would probably retain it for everyone yeah. that's gone against us, the ones that stick in my mind are the ones that go for us, and I'm more relieved getting the ones we deserve, <laughs> i.e. some of the decisions in Europe last year, and then the ones that go yeah. against Phil for the goal that denied us the one against Dortmund, you go, well, do you know what? Rubber the grease. But There's only one club who are operating against, and my second team is a Madrid, as we know, and Spain is wild for some of the takes and conspiracy theories in the Barcelona-Real Madrid angle. Even they don't believe each other are using it against each other. You know what I mean, VAR is accepted as a fairly neutral Arbiter, it's only here Where it's, it's seen some sort of negative And there's apparently some sort of summit coming up I wouldn't be surprised if there was calls to scrap it in Scotland Which would lead <laughs> us even further Back into the Stone Age that we already inhabit
0: uh, It would be very, very unlike Scottish football to do something that was willfully Self-damaging as that, right? Exactly,
1: <laughs> <laughs> exactly They did get rid of their big, biggest draw So let's not put anything Beyond them to Easter. Well, quiet,
0: right? Um, no, I mean I'd forgotten about that upcoming summit as well. So
1: this this started
0: because uh, now we're getting dodgy handball decisions, right? Except under the laws of the game, none of them have been handballs, but they, they, they should be though, right? They should I be. If I know, performing. right? <laughs> the actual laws of the sport. Who the fuck are <laughs> no, they? To, to make decisions about what happens in our game, honestly. Um, so <laughs> it'll be fascinating to see how that goes. Um, but I, I think it's only right that we discuss it because inevitably, I think there will be something that occurs during this game or the, the series of games this weekend that will, you know, continue the controversy. Because I, I don't think it's a coincidence that since Lawwell's been back in town, that this this kind of media trainers rolled up again. But yes, I, I think yes. it's... It is, it is part of that ongoing thing. VAR bad, because Rangers sometimes get good decisions, so therefore,
1: scrap the whole thing, you know? Do you know, it's... It, it's The thing that pops into my mind, I'm not as big a wrestling fan, some of you guys on the pod, but my friend does, and he always used to talk about getting a clean win, as opposed to a win with there's some sort of cheating. Because obviously, for some sort of cheating, you can preserve the good guys, or the bad guys' reputation, the good guys' reputation. The clean win was always seen as something more significant. We... We can't seem to get a clean win, especially Mm -hmm. not against Celtic, even though it was a draw. Yeah, exactly. They never win. They never just pin Celtic cleanly. It's always working under the the grass to get a chair or somebody else has run in and helped us. There's always some nefarious doings. It's amazing whatever we do the very rare case beat Celtic 2-0 and it cast them and there's nothing in the media. That
0: never happened. There's always going to be something, Dave. You know, we'll have have won a throw-in where we shouldn't have or, you know, we've had a free kick and we we took it like two yards away from where it was actually meant to take place. There's always going to be something. I have no doubt as well, you know, that there are elements within our support who are equally committed to the idea that obviously Celtic are at it. But it feels so much louder from the other side of the city because... Um, it's amplified by placeholders within the media and that kind of thing. So, yeah, it, it's it's bizarre to me that we that we you know two weeks removed from the old firm game um, we will be and that this is still somehow a point of contention.
1: Exactly as you say, for for years, one of my former supporting football years ago was only an excuse the old you know, videos and there was the paranoid Celtic fan angle or skip and this is the late eighties. And it's obviously persisted since then. So since time immemorial for me, at least, they've complained about a conspiracy by referees against them. So we give them high-definition footage that they can watch and they get an, a, another as a buttress, against against cheating. And somehow that has made it worse. The logic is unfathomable.
0: <laughs> I, I saw the foul not occur in 4K in front of me and I watched it in slow-mo and five other people also looked at it who were really familiar with the rules of the game. But thereof, obviously, on the uh, on the unseen Masonic hands payroll. So yeah. you know, can't be legit. Can't be legit. Anyway, let's move away from insanity. Then yes, yes. <laughs> um, we've got a game coming up on Sunday. Hopefully, it's one step towards the first final under Beal. We shan't get ahead of ourselves. Um, we shall just see how things go. But I'm hopeful a result should be forthcoming. David, it's been a pleasure talking to you, mate. I appreciate you doing this. Thank you for coming on. Likewise, a pleasure. I appreciate it. No, thank you. And, uh, yeah, to the listening audience, thank you for tuning in. Uh, we'll obviously have full coverage of the results, uh, the fallout, and then picking up a preview of uh, Rangers' next game. As they've said, two massive games coming up this month uh, for Rangers. Uh, Certainly our more realistic hopes of uh, silverware this season hang in the balance. So we hope that you'll join us for those. Uh, In the meantime, thank you for listening.